This is the Clean Soul Podcast, and I'm Dennis Curtis, your host. Today I'm going to be talking about warfare, spiritual warfare. I've done a couple of podcasts on these before, and I would encourage you to go back and look at uh, or listen to the other three, because spiritual warfare, there's a lot of aspects to it. But today I've titled this podcast, Victory. Our country, uh, I believe, is the last hope for the world. If you look at history, uh, you can look at Italy, Spain, Portugal kind of worked with them, uh, Great Britain, and a few other European countries, and then the United States. All of these God kind of picked out and wanted to use them to spread the gospel around the world. And some of them did a great job. Some of them did okay. Uh, Great Britain was an amazing uh, country in its time. In the 1800s, they spread the gospel all over the world, as did the United States uh, also in the 18, 1900s and uh, even into today. South Korea has done some wonderful work also. But the point that I'm trying to make is that I believe that you— the United States is really the last hope for the world, um, and it's coming to pieces. We have abortion uh, surpassing the evil done to the Hebrews in Egypt. We have Sodom and Gomorrah activity, pretty consistent uh, coming into our nation. And, you know, we love these people. We want them to repent and to get to know the Lord Jesus Christ I've been praying for years and wrestling about, you know, the conduct of spiritual warfare, made some mistakes, and and like I said earlier, there's a lot to it. But God's been showing me just in the last couple of days how important worship is in driving back the enemy. Worship is not just praising and singing and speaking about God's goodness, but it, it is also need you need a correct motive. Um, your motive is essential. A selfish or just a social motive will not be effective. Our motive has to come from a relationship with God the Father through the agency of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ in the power of the presence of the Holy Spirit. You see, the whole Trinity is involved in our worship. John 4, 22 through 24 gives us a good foundation. Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well. He says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. You see, the Samaritans were worshipers. In fact, I believe that we were created to worship, and if we're not worshiping God, we're going to worship somebody else or something else. But the Samaritans didn't know the Father, so they were worshiping someone or something they did not know. Those with a right motive will know the Father. Because if you know the Father, you will be able to worship in spirit and in truth, with a right motive, in the power of the Spirit. You see, we need the counsel, and we need the illumination, and we also need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to worship right. Now, it sounds complicated, but it really isn't. It's, we need to know God's Word, 
and we need to submit to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding. Ephesians 6, 11 through 13, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Let's dissect this a little bit. Number one is, and I haven't seen this before, and I've probably read this verse 50 times. Number one is, armor is for personal protection. Number two, the devil is scheming. We have to understand that Satan is working. You know, uh, in John, 1 John, it talks about that this world is a wicked place. Now, that was hard for me to uh, to understand for a long time because, you know, I've had some really good times in this world. But it is a wicked place, and we can see the wickedness growing now. So the devil is scheming, 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Remember what faith is. Faith is knowing the Word of God, hearing the Holy Spirit speak that Word to us, and then acting upon what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Number three, it's not people who are our enemy, but our enemy is the chain of command, the rulers, the authorities, the powers, the spiritual forces of evil in the spirit realm. They are after our thinking. They want us to believe them, their evil lies, and obey their evil suggestions. These rulers and authorities have limited, yet they do have spiritual power. And they're trying to draw us in to the pleasures of sin, never mentioning the ramifications of sinning against a holy God. Number four, then Paul tells us, to put on our battle armor for the day of evil. And, you know, we all have had trials and troubles and and evil days, uh, depending on our life and, you know, what we've done and, and depending on other people around us, what they've done to us. But overall, the earth is coming under a great influence of evil. There's so many things that are pointing to the return of Christ, not only that Israel is a nation, but the wickedness is increasing, and there's so many nations that are coming against Israel, which, remember, Israel is God's time clock, not the United States. We, uh, number five, we're to stand. We're to resist the lure of sin and all its pleasures. See, sin for a time is pleasurable. But then it ends up with addictions and problems and consequences that surely we don't want to face. Number six, to keep the faith. We need to continue to listen to the Holy Spirit and do what he's doing and say what he's saying. I've pondered this over the years and listened to many preachers and teachers on this subject. And I do believe that worship is a new key that I'm learning about. 
And worship's, I've always believed that worship is a good thing, but I didn't see it as a part of spiritual warfare, like I've been seeing it in the last few weeks. Now, this worship will only come by really knowing who God is. As we discover Him and His actions, like His creation, His love, His redemption, His justice, and so much more, we will begin to see His beauty and His righteousness, His authority, and worship will come naturally. Now, remember, worship is speaking of worth. And as we see who God is, it will be easier and easier and more fulfilling to us as we know Him to worship Him. It'll come naturally with sincerity. God knew in creating us that our highest joy and achievement would be to know Him and to speak of His worth. But Satan and his cohorts, they also know the value of worship As many people have said, and and if we did a little study, it looks like Satan was a worship leader or one of the highest angels that there were. Uh, And so I believe that he was uh, very involved in the worship of God, and he wanted some of that for himself. So he's pulling that uh, or trying to pull that away from God in the way that our secular world uh, operates. So he knows sincere worship will bring the presence and the power of God to our life, to our cities, to our nation, if we gather together in unity and worship God. So Satan wants worship, the worship of God, to stop. He he can't have it because it will ruin his plans, so it's one of his main targets. But praise and worship are a key component in our fight, in resisting the devil and temptation. Because if we are focused on God, and we are focused on worship towards God, then all this, the pleasures of sin and all the 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 things of the world that are alluring and that are not good for us, they will be pushed away as God comes into our presence or we come into His presence. Psalms 8-2, through the praise of of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. You see, this heartfelt, this pure-hearted praise will establish a stronghold against enemies, and it will silence the foe. Jesus is a worshiper. I want to say was a worshiper when he was on earth, but he still is. Matthew eleven twenty five. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Jesus is a worshiper. And so let's look at Jesus as he fought the enemy in the Gospels, in Matthew and in Luke. Jesus was tempted three times directly by Satan, and I don't think we have to worry about a direct encounter with Satan. But Jesus replies, all three times, it is written, Jesus knew the Word of God, and he used it effectively against his opponent. Satan would tempt him, the Lord would say, but it's written. So whatever situation that you or I come into, we Knowing the Word of God, when the temptation comes, we speak the Word of God, 
and it will stop the enemy. Let's look how angels deal with Satan. In Jude, uh, there's only one chapter, verse 9. But when the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Jesus, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, The Lord rebuke you. So what I'm trying to say here is worship displaces the enemy. We don't have to deal with the enemy. We have to pay attention, place our focus on Jesus Christ. And I'm even, as I say that right now, that becomes so important. The fight is on. It's real. It has consequences, eternal consequences. But the fight has already been won. Yes, that's right. The fight has been won, and we have the privilege of joining the winning team and overcoming our enemy, Satan, and all of his foes through heartfelt praise, thanksgiving, and speaking of God's worth, placing our attention on the Lord. Remember the church in Ephesus in Revelation, in the first couple of chapters there. They were doing everything right, but they had lost their first love. They quit paying attention to God and their worship towards Him. You know, we can be busy going to church. We can be busy evangelizing. We can be busy doing all the stuff, all good stuff, and we should be. But if Jesus isn't our focus and the worship of God is not our focus, then we are going to have trouble. So this week, take some time and pay attention to your worship. How much time do you spend in in heartfelt thanksgiving and praise? Maybe uh, singing in worship, maybe turning on something on uh, you know uh, Spotify or wherever you listen to music and worship God. And look at your heart. Check your heart out. That's something that, that I do often. I see where is my heart when I'm worshiping Him. This has been the Clean Soul Podcast with Dennis Curtis. If you have questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at thecleansoul.org.